Hey, this is David from KHDK, and you are listening to Signal to Noise. Welcome, everybody, to episode 39 of the Signal to Noise podcast. I'm your host, Aaron, and today I am super excited about the podcast that we're about to do here. So, KHDK Electronics. No secret that I am a huge fan of those pedals, right? I've been, um, I did my unboxing video on YouTube, did a demo video. I did a live podcast, I think, when I did the same video. Like, I was super excited to get my Ghoul Screamer when I got it. And um, I've been really excited to see what they're going to put out next. So I finally was able to um, get some time to talk to the DK in KHDK Electronics, and that's David Karen. So KHDK, for anyone who's not aware, is Kirk Hammett, that's the KH, and David Karen, that's the DK. Um, it's their pedal company they put together. They've collaborated on projects in the past, as you'll hear in the interview, and they really wanted to come together and do something again. And so they're both super jazzed about this. Um, talking to David, man. He is such a gearhead, and wow, just, man, it was fun to talk to him and talk about all the crazy sounds and just kind of get a teaser of things that I think things coming up here for um, for the next year for releases, right? So this is a nod to radioactive metal here, but I've got some Earl Grey in my Motorhead mug, and we are going to put this interview on, sit back, kick back, relax, and enjoy our interview with David Karen of KHDK Electronics. <laughs> So welcome to the show. Um, I have David Karen on the line of KHDK Effects. David, how's it going? I'm doing great. Doing really great. All right. So um, KHDK has the new pedal out, Scuzzbox, which I'm super excited about, um, the Ghoul Screamer, and but it all started before that. So could you tell us a little bit about your background? Like I saw that you worked for U.S. Music Corp. at one point, um, and I believe with Randall Amplifiers, right? Yeah, I worked for U.S. Music, which was Randall Amplifiers, Washburn Guitars. I worked there for many years, uh, creating and developing products with with artists. I mean, that was all I all I did was, and uh, I worked with many greats. And uh, that's where Kirk and I first met and designed and worked on his initial signature amplifiers. Oh wow! So yeah. That process became what we know today as KHDK. Exactly. We just kind of hit it off. We spoke similar tonal languages, and we went from, uh, you know, just enjoying the whole process to when I left U.S. Music, missing that process together, and that's where we we started KHDK as a as a way to get back to that together and do something on our own. Now, do you have like a like an electronics background? Like, what's what's your part in the process of the design here? Well, so I am not an an engineer. We have an amazing engineer, Anton Selva, that I was introduced to by you know a good friend, a great tech, that someone you know someone young, someone that, and he got the same language that Kirk and I were for. He's he's like the quiet third man in our in our team. And um, so I was just able to express Kirk's desire for tone and just interpret that to an engineer in a language that he was able to understand, where Kirk had a harder time to explain, like, 
this is exactly what I want. I knew just from working so closely with Kirk that these were the things that he would be looking for. So what's that process look like start to finish? Like, so, you know, Kirk has an idea, you translate. Like, how, how does this go from, like, the idea concept to, like, a prototype? So basically that's it. Like, Kirk will come to me and we'll be like, we'll, we have a bunch of ideas on the table and we'll uh, really hash it out through messages or on the phone or in person. And then because I live in Prague and our engineer is in also in the Czech Republic, a little closer to uh, Prague, um, we'll sit together and really dial in some prototypes based on the discussions that Kirk and I have. And then when we feel like the prototype's really dialed in, then the prototype goes to Kirk. And then he gives us the feedback, and we continue to tweak it and, and work it, and then to the final product of manufacturable. So how how long does that process take? Like, is it is it one of those, wow, we're almost there kind of things, or has there ever been, like, the magic, like, wow, this is it, you know, print? Yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, the, the, the overdrive pedal that we have, the number one overdrive, the clean boost, those took a lot of time, um, three years, actually, because wow. we wanted to create a circuit of our own and not just, you know, take an, an existing circuit. Um, so we just really spent a lot of time um, building something that would give you something a little different, and we feel like it does. And with the Ghoul Screamer, it was pretty quick. You know, it was, you know, Kirk knew exactly what he wanted. He knew that he wanted something that would give him switchable um, presets with with different guitars, different amps. So he kind of had like a, a Swiss Army knife, he would always call it. Um, so that was a, a quicker process than, than the ghoul and the scuzz box took about a year. Again, it was, uh, an original circuit. So we wanted to really create something of our own. Um, we like to have as, as much musicality in our pedals where, um, every note can be heard even on a fuzz, which was a, you know, a bit of a challenge when you're, when you're soloing, it's a different story than when you're playing a rhythm and yep. and having that on one one pedal. And then Kirk says to us, that the, the, when we think we're finished, he goes, well, I want something really crazy on that now, too. <laughs> we kind of go back and create something a little crazy on it. So that process took a year, but it, it really depends on pedal to pedal. Okay. So back to the ghoul screamer for a minute. This is a pedal that I think that like, too many people write off as a as a tube screamer clone. Like I I have one, and what I really like about it is kind of like what you were talking about with all those switches, where it's the Swiss Army knife. It yeah. sounds completely different when I play it than when I watch other people play it. Like when I hear some of the demos and things, I'm like, wow, it doesn't sound at all like that on my board. And you know when I when I click it on, like I dial in you know what I think I want. I click it immediately. I get feedback, which is what I wanted at that time. Like, oh, this is the boost I need. Just that crunch, that that mid-range cut. So, like, how how long did it take to to get all those things? Because I mean, there's a lot went into this. It's so much more than than a tube screamer. Exactly. I mean, you know, in in, in some aspects, it was a bit of an accident because we were going to hardwire some of those switches in. And Kirk's like, you know, this offers so much versatility that you know I want everybody to be able to 
utilize that because like you said, every guitar player is different. Every guitar player's hand is different. So their right hand is totally going to be different from the other guys. So this will at least allow you to maybe get a little bit closer for what you're looking for. So yeah, I completely agree. Like, I mean, when I when I saw the Ghoul Screamer, because I saw the, the number one overdrive, and I was thinking about that one, but then I saw the Ghoul Screamer. The graphics alone sold me on it. The, <laughs> the name pushed me over the edge. And then once I got it, I'm like, oh, my goodness gracious. Like, this, it, like, my wife here, hears me talking about it all the time. She gets tired of it because I'm like, I've been like I, I'm always like, I love this pedal. This is the pedal I've been looking for, you know. Well, we we truly appreciate that. And, and we've, we've definitely gotten some really – warm feedback on it and uh which is which has been really nice to hear because we're really proud of the stuff we do and we've worked uh, long and hard on it so we're definitely happy to hear those things all of us yeah and and it really comes through and like when you play the pedal like there's attention to detail just in the construction it's well built um and then when you talk about that swiss swiss army knife i I, I can't wait to talk about this this fuzz box here. So let, let's start talking about this one. So you guys really thought of everything on the scuzz box. Like if I'm not mistaken, I think there's like even like, like a gate in there that keeps keeps too much noise from coming through. But what really impressed me, and this is what just put it over the top, is attention to detail. I have never on a pedal, and maybe you know, maybe I just don't get out enough. But I've never seen where you could turn a buffer circuit on and off. I've never seen that. So. Let's talk about how the how how this concept kind of came about because there's a lot happening in the scuzz box. Yeah, there there definitely is, and you know we wanted it, you know to to be a really diverse pedal. I mean, all of our products we want to be as diverse as possible. Yeah, we have we all Anton and myself, Kirk, we all have a very strong background in metal, but you know like every guitar player or any musician we listen to such a wide range of music, so we always want our pedals to work for everybody. We get a little, of course, pigeonholed. Um, with the fuzz, it opens things up for us. So we wanted to make sure that you know, we could really get anywhere from a Beatles tone to a Jack White tone and stuff in between, and you can get a little doom. And you know, So there was definitely that thought process of let's put as much as we can for everyone to utilize this pedal is the only fuzz on their board potentially. Yeah. Cause you know, there's a lot of, a lot of times where you, when you switch from a strat to a Les Paul, you can't use the same fuzz. So it was like, well, we want to create something that, you know, we tested it with everything. So it's like, it works for all those guitars and you can still get great tone. Um, the buffer switch. Yeah. Sometimes when you're working with, you know, overdrives in the front or the end or there's different impedances coming through, you you need that extra bit of something. A lot of guys don't use it, but we wanted to give that option for someone to use it. You know, it's like David Gilmore wouldn't have a board without buffers throughout the whole board. So it's like, if it works for him. It, you know, it's funny. As I'm listening to you talk about this, and you're talking about like, well, hey, you know, if Strat or Les Paul, which I didn't even think about because they do react totally differently, but I can tell that you guys are really coming from the background of touring, gigging musicians, like people that make a living, like, you know, this is what I've got on the board. I, I need this to work in every situation. Like, you've really thought of everything. 
Exactly, because with the ghoul screamer, if you get you're touring and you're you've got some crazy backline with some amp that's just mm-hmm. like even if you're using the same JCM 800, each one's going to sound different. You know, you don't know how long those tubes have been sitting. So this gives you that. All right, well, I just need a little bit more highs on it, and this gives you that ability to just bring your board, you know, at least get you closer to where you hear your guitar and where you want it to be. So that, that's always on our minds when we're thinking about this is, you know, and even if you're playing clubs, it's like room to room, the power is different. So your amp sounds a little different from home. So this, again, yeah. gives you that variety. <clears throat> Man, it's so cool. Like I, I, I cannot wait to get my hands on a on a scuzz box. Um, I I live in a market where unfortunately there are no dealers near me yet. Um, I will be yeah. encouraging people. <laughs> but um that, that's great. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, so like um I think the the closest dealer to me is about four hours away. So I am I am planning on a on a road trip um, at some point because I, <laughs> I, I, I want to play one, you know, like I, I want to try this yeah. out. Um I I love the way it sounds. Now I think when when this is coming out, um, Kirk and Metallica were working on the current album. So, um, what pedals were used on the new album? Were there any prototypes? I mean, you don't have to say what the prototypes are, but were there any things that no, you might be seeing later used? Or? Yeah, absolutely. There was a, a specific pedal that was designed um, for the album. So, really? yeah. So we did. He did have these ideas that he wanted and we designed something specific for that um and so that will be uh coming out soon as well rock on and that was going to be one of the questions is what do you guys have planned here coming up you know we're we've got a base overdrive coming out um we've got this this new kirk distortion coming out as well um and then it's it's you know, we've got a list of, of ideas from, from Kirk's brain, from my brain, from Antonin's brain, just, and we're going to, there's going to be a lot of modulation pedals coming out next year. And so we, 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 it's definitely a bit of everything that we're, that we're working on. That has to be exciting you know, to, to have a project where you're working with friends and you all get excited about the sound, you know? Exactly. And that's, that's what it, that's what it's about. Like, you know, Kirk and I miss just having this, you know, cause it, gear talk amongst friends is for, for musicians is the most important thing in our communication. Usually, you know, you could sit for hours and hours over beers and just talk gear. And that's exactly. where we have that camaraderie. And the same has gone for our engineer who is, you know, who's become a great friend of ours. So it's 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 really important that this is about good friends creating good good music and good good tones and that's what it's about for us. We hope that everybody enjoys it because we sure do. Yeah, and and I really think that comes through in the process because I'll be honest, like I didn't expect the first three pedals or were the first three pedals. Especially like a clean boost. That's not what you think of when you think of, you know, Kirk Sound. And then when you start to see them, you start to realize how versatile. And like I said, once I got my hands on that ghoul screamer, I'm like, there's so much more happening than a tube screamer clone. And then the scuzz box comes out. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, 
you know, like, these are traditional sounds thought about in a non-traditional way, and I, I love that kind of thing. I can't wait to see what you guys do with modulation. Yeah, I mean, it, to us, it's like we don't, you know, we're we're rocker guys. We don't like rules set on us. Or, exactly. You know, you know I've, I've worked for big companies. I don't like the the mentality of, of the big company. You know, we care about our customers, and we want to give them something that really, like, offers them something different. You you really approach it from the aspect of they're not customers, they're your fans, and you want to give them something back. There are there are part of our crew. There are family. There, you know, it's it's really important to us that uh, that comes across in what we're doing. I mean, we so that that's that's actually, you know, if you look at it like we know we're going to make good product, our number one priority is making our customers happy. That's awesome. Now, um, one of the other things I noticed or that I read about is that when you, when it came to manufacture, these are actually being hand-built in Kentucky. So um, yeah. what made you decide to go on, on that, that uh, factory there? Uh, you know, it was, again, that whole family thing. It's, it's a family-owned factory. They've got workers that have been there for, you know, 30, 40 years. Wow. Um, when I toured the factory, it just felt really right. And, you know, I've, I've, again, I've worked with factories in Asia and China. And, you know, it was, yeah, we could make them there and we can make them cheap. And, you know, we could probably sell a lot of them. But that wasn't that wasn't our mentality. It was really, and, and just to have a guitar player test every single pedal that leaves the factory, it's like, I know that, there's going to be less than a 1% chance that that pedal fails because there's a human touch on every single piece. And you don't get that in other manufacturing unless I'm sitting at the end of the line testing it. And I don't want to move to China right now. <laughs> I don't blame you. You know, and that's awesome. Like it, it's really a family operation from start to finish here, and I love that. Absolutely. So I, I follow the Instagram um, for KHDK almost religiously, and I saw the most wicked pedal um, with like this Cthulhu face creature that Salvation did, and I guess was sent yes. over to um, the Gojira. So, yes. like, what, what's the relationship there with you guys and Salvation mods? Well, Anton and Selva is our engineer. So, again, with the whole, you know, keeping it in the family, we. Gojira is, is, we're very close with those guys. They've used our pedals on their records. And so one of our designers who does some t-shirt stuff and he does, he's working on a new, on a design for the new Kirk pedal as well. He, uh, it's Gojira is his favorite band. Nice. Okay. So he went to Anton and said, I want to, I want to make something special for them. Antonin asked me if we could set something up, and we did. And what came out was maybe one of the coolest pedals I've seen. So. Oh yeah, uh, it, it's so killer looking. Like, I yeah, I mean it's, it's all hand carved, all hand painted. It's just pretty spectacular. Yeah. Now, was that one used on the new Gojira record, or were any, any of the KHT? No, that was record? that one was just given to him uh, actually just a couple weeks ago. So, yeah. 
But um, like they they have because I I believe it was Joe. Um, oh, I was actually practicing pronouncing his name last night. Duplantier. <laughs> so I didn't yeah. want to say it wrong. But uh, so so Joe is um he he's been trialing some of the the uh, KHGK pedals, right? Did any of those make it onto the record? Yeah. So he used the number one overdrive on the record. Nice. Um, yeah. So it was uh, we were very happy about that. I mean, I love pretty pretty spectacular band. Yeah, yeah, they're, um, that's another thing where the, the market that I'm in right now, they will be about four hours away at the closest, and I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to see them on this tour, because I really, really want to see this tour. Yeah, and you definitely won't be disappointed. I mean, the, the two shows that I've seen so far are just both just like almost perfection. Shifts. Man, that's put everything Put everything forth. I mean, I even saw a show last year after their mom passed, right after it. It was just like still just so strong and just on their game and unbelievable. Wow, that's that's true professionalism. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Alright, so this will be my last question and I'm sure you're probably tired of answering this, but Kirk is known for his wah sound. Um, is is there yeah. a wah in the works, and is this going to be one of those things that takes like three years because it's got to be super special? You know, we have something in the works. We're not doing a traditional wah. We have the utmost respect for his relationship with Dunlop, yeah. and we've we've discussed this. And and you know, we're not looking to cause that many waves in the in the business. Gotcha. Uh, so yes, the, he is known for his wall sound, but right now we're not working on a traditional one. So okay, um, that might be in the future, but it's up to up to the stars to tell us when we want to do that. Cool, meaning well, the universe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, David, I can't thank you enough for your time today. I've had a great time talking to you. Yeah, it's been really great. Thank you so much. So that was our interview with David Karen. Again, I want to thank David for coming on the show. Um, I also want to thank Carice for helping us set up that interview. There's a lot of moving parts that go into getting some of these interviews set up sometimes. And I want to thank everyone involved. It was a blast talking to David. I had a great time. Um, I'm hoping to have him on the show You know, in the future when they have new products coming out. I would love to talk about any new product releases that they have because I am thrilled with this pedal company. So, something I want to point out here about KHDK, and it became really obvious to me during the interview, and this is going to go back a few years here, so to, to kind of tie this all together. So, if you guys remember, a few years back, Black Sabbath puts out a new album. Guitar World does a great article with Tony Iommi, and they're talking about, you know, how they did the album, and I can't remember who the producer was, I know, I should have Googled it before I started this, but hey, we're rolling, and... um. So the producer wants to go back and get all these like old amplifiers that Tony would have used back on the original Black Sabbath record, right? So he's going to find like all these old classic amplifiers. He's like, well, you know, what were you using this time? What were you using at this point? You know, I'm going to get all these amps so it sounds just like that old record. Like he's trying to recreate that magic and that vibe. And the greatest thing that I thought about in that article, right? This, this put everything in perspective for me. When Tony Iommi, you know, says this to the guys at Guitar World, he's like, I was trying to explain to him that it's not going to sound the same because, yes, I was using a Laney amp, let's say, you know, on the, at this point on this record, but it wasn't stock. 
Let that sink in for a second. You know, they're using this amplifier, but it wasn't stock. So let's think about that for all these different artists and gear and things that we love, right? That really, really put things in perspective for me and made me love boutique gear companies even more, right? So, you know, you have all these people, like myself included, that look at what an artist used on a record. Oh my goodness, I have to get gear X because I want to sound like this or I think that tone's amazing. But then have you ever, because I know I have, had that feeling where you get gear X and then you're disappointed, right? Because it doesn't sound the same. Well, you know, as Tony pointed out, and as I'm hoping you guys kind of got from the interview here, that these artists are modding their gear, right? And now with, you know, the way things are today, we have the ability to get modded gear, right? And um, I, what, what, what really, man, what, what just what really came across to me in the interview was when David's talking about him and Kirk working on these sounds and all these sorts of things, we are getting what Kirk would use on the record that he would have modded to his ears, right? So this is like, to me, this is taking boutique to another level. Like there's always been like that, you know, that piece of gear, like, oh, hey, you know, Eddie Van Halen used this MXR phase on here, and and that's it, and maybe we'll sla slap a paint job on it, but just, it never feels quite right, um, and the MXR is probably a poor example, because I think the MXR 90 sounds fantastic, let alone the 100, that's a whole other story, um, but so, with these pedals, we are truly getting whatever mods Kirk would have wanted done, because they're they're building this from the, from the ground up, like, this is going to be tuned to his ears, and I think for me, that was really evident in the Ghoul Screamer. The Ghoul Screamer, you know, depending on what online forum you read um, or what tweet or whatever, there's people who love it, there's people who hate it. And some people say, oh, it's just a Tube Screamer. And depending on who's demo demoing it, sometimes it does sound like just a Tube Screamer. But I'll tell you what, man, the tweak ability of this thing is just absolutely amazing. Like all the switches, all the sounds, and you can dial in the sound that works for you for the sound that you want. So for me, like, I really feel like I am getting that sound. Like, it, like this is a cut above just your normal modded tube screamer with a tweak or a twist, right? And so now, fast forward to the scuzz box. The scuzz box blew my mind just for the fact of who puts a buffer switch to be able to turn the buffer on or off on their pedal. The buffer thing is like, the jury's been out, right? Yeah, some people swear you have to have all true bypass. Other people, well, you have to have at least one buffer. To the point where there are boutique companies that make a buffer. And they also have true bypass pedals. So, you know, a buffer can't always be bad. And you're finally hearing people that are, you know, like, well, sometimes you need it, sometimes you don't. It depends. These guys thought so far ahead to be like, you know what? We want to do true bypass. We want to stay true to that. We don't want to have a tone suck. But there are cases where you need a buffer it might sound better with a buffer because sometimes it doesn't play well with other pedals. Let's put the switch on there. That's attention to detail, right? That is the detail that's only going to come from 30 years of touring, being in all kinds of clubs, you know, and, and I'm talking, not even talking like touring at like Metallica level touring. I'm talking like trying to make it to be Metallica touring, right? Because let's not forget that before Metallica was Metallica, they were just another band in a van touring the country, making absolutely no money, dirt poor, trying to get the word out about their music. They didn't have a lot of gear options. Whatever they had had to work, and they had to make it work. 
So the kind of things we're getting from KHDK really reflect that. And that, that, that's the, like, like the biggest takeaway for me from that interview is that, you know, you've got all these years of experience as gigging, touring musicians in great conditions, in terrible conditions, and understanding what it's going to take to make your tone sound like you want it to sound in that condition, right? And we can argue all day long that the audience doesn't care, the audience doesn't know. And really, I think that's true. But who the tone matters to the most is the player. I know for me, if I'm having a good tone night, I'm a way better player. If my guitar, if my bass sounds the way I want it to sound, I'm having more fun. I'm playing it. I'm putting more into it. So that's who we're making these for, right? Or not, not me, we, but just that's that's the audience for these things, right? That's that's what's going on. It's, it's built for the player because if the player is not feeling it, the player doesn't have the vibe, the performance isn't there. So that's the kind of experience that we get with the KHDK stuff. All right, so on to just some other news. All right, so guys, I've been on Radioactive Metal a few times, quite a few times over the years. That's why we had the nod at the top of the show that I am drinking Earl Grey, which I still am here. Ah, I just took a sip right now in my Motorhead mug because longtime listeners of Radioactive Metal, or you should go back and hit the archives, will know that Snowy, uh, Snowy White there, one of the hosts, He's always sipping something from some rock and roll themed mug before they start an interview. So I had to do that nod. But anyway, I've been on the show. I finally got to do a show where there was the four of us. So all three hosts and then I got to join. And oh my goodness, was it crazy. It's episode 422. Um, they have a Se- Seasons of Mist is the, is the label where they have a couple interviews for it. So great interviews. Um, we just all had a great time. And my favorite segment, Kareen's Bag of Crap. So she goes and buys a grab bag at the local record store. Oh, man, Rock's going to kill me because I should know it. Uh, Park Avenue CDs. Park Avenue CDs down there in Orlando. And um, she just goes through it on the air, and we all just kind of comment on it. It's so much fun. So I've been doing that, and that's been a lot of fun. I was listening back to the episode today because, you know, peeling the curtain back here for podcasting, when you're recording a show like that and there's music in it, we're not listening to the music when we're recording the show, that's all put in post. So on this show, they featured a band called Weed Eater. The album is called Goliathin. And let's see here. Kane and Abler was the track that they featured on the show. So I'm listening back to the show this morning on my walk. You know, because I went out um, walked for a little bit. And so Kane and Abler came on. I'm like, oh my goodness, what track is that? So I literally was like trying to get to the point where Snowy comes back on and says, hey, and you just heard... So I literally bought it while I was out walking so I could have this album because I really, really was digging it. Other new music I picked up this week. I picked up Fats Domino's Greatest Hits because I love Fats Domino. Who doesn't love stuff like um, Ain't That a Shame, Blueberry Hill, and I'm Walking, right? I just, uh, man, I love that old rock and roll stuff because that's where it all came from. Like, as much as I love the heavy stuff, and I do, man, I love the heavy stuff, it all started with the blues and rock and roll. Right, that's where it all came from. Uh, another new single I picked up this week is "Prophets of Rage." Um, man, I never know how I feel about anything those guys put out politically, but I just love the music, and you know, whole other story there. All right, so gear news. As we speak, yesterday I ordered my Scuzz box. 
Reverb is having a big Labor Day sale this weekend. I mean, I guess not big. They've done it before. But I was excited about it because I saw, ooh, 15% off. Ordered my Scuzz box from the Guitar Guru, Guru Network. I've already gotten a couple messages from them. I need to read those and reply. And, um, man, am I excited. I don't know when it's going to be here yet. I can't wait to check out the shipping. But um, it'll be here. I'll be doing an unboxing video. I am sure I'll be live podcasting it as well because, wow, I'm getting a Scuzz box. Oh, man. Like, I've been watching those videos every demo. And um, just every demo, every teaser, I'm like, oh, I want this sound. I cannot wait to play with that pedal and do a demo for everybody here. So I'm super excited about that. Um, and then I also got to give a shout out to Guitar Guru Network here. Let's see if I can pull up the email real quick. So I got the emails this morning. And let's see here. It says, uh, message about KHDK Scuzzbox. And this is from uh, from Keith here at Guitar Guru Network. And man, God, like, this is pretty cool. It says, how are you, Aaron? Thanks so much for the purchase of the Scuzzbox. Awesome pedal. What's it going to be joining on your board? Hope you're having a nice beginning to the weekend. How cool is that, right? Like that's that's customer service and that's the kind of thing that's going to keep me shopping, um, you know, with um, with a retailer, right? So that's the kind of thing I like because unfortunately, I do not have a KHDK and I talk about this in the interview, but I don't have a KHDKler um, or Kaler dealer anywhere near me, right? The closest one is in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, and that's a bit of a hike for me. So I was, you know, what am I going to do? Do I want to try and make the trip? Do I want to go play it first? And I'm like, I don't need to play it. I know I want this pedal. So I, uh, when I got the email from Reverb, I placed the order and it will be here soon. So that will be featured on the next show. All right. So that wraps up this show. Um, again, I got to thank David for coming on the show and we look forward to having him back hopefully on future episodes and until next time, everybody make some noise. (laughs) 